tonight is going to be an amazing night. So as we've kind of said already, we're kicking, we're kicking off a new series tonight uh, throughout the month of November. And the series title that we are calling, what, what we're calling the series is His, okay? The series that we're, we're the title of the series is His. And it's based off an initiative of that we are going to actually carry as an access community over the course of this entire year, okay? And so access community, we exist to equip and mobilize in four main areas, right? Identity, evangelism, community, and the scriptures, right? And if you've been with us for any length of time, you know that last year we were focused. We had the red initiative, right? And we were carrying last year, we had this heartbeat to go after the Bible and to carry the scriptures in our hearts and to meet God in the Bible. We wanted to be a people who are rooted, established, and devoted to God's word, right? And so this year, as we're kind of looking into 2024, where we're going to head this year is we're going to carry that still that initiative forward of red, right? How many of you guys, you got your reading plan? Anybody got the reading plan with you, the red reading plan? Come on, that's good. We're still going through scripture together and we're still carrying that heartbeat of scripture, but we're going to add this initiative onto it uh, and we're going to specifically focus on identity. Everyone say identity. identity. So we're going to focus this entire year on how we are his. We belong to Jesus. Psalms 100, verse three, it says that we are his people. We are the people of his pasture. And we believe that our identity as believers in Jesus starts with God. It starts with whose we are. And we belong to Jesus as a people. And so, the tagline that we're going to kind of carry throughout this entire year for the His initiative is we want to behold the Father. We want to belong to the Father so that we can become like the Father. Do you catch that? Behold, belong, become. And it's this idea that as we sit in the presence of God, we actually, we actually feel His presence. We start to behold Him as we read and pick up our Bibles and, and turn through the pages of our Bibles, we get to see Jesus in the scriptures. We behold God in that way. And as we do, we're gonna feel this sense of belonging start to settle in our heart, that we are his, we are God's, we belong to him. And as that sense of identity and belonging starts to sink into our hearts, what we're gonna find is that we actually become like Jesus we become like the father and our life starts to completely transform. And so I want to say this one statement because I believe that where God is taking us as a community, it's going to be so vitally important that we are sure footed in who we are in Christ. And I want us to catch this Jesus died, and in his death, burial, and resurrection, he accomplished something. Jesus didn't die just to make you a better person. He died to make you a new person. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus didn't die to improve your life. Like, you were good beforehand, but now it's like, you know, okay, yeah, Jesus in my life, my life's a little better. No, like before Jesus, 
every single part of you was, was going to hell. There was nothing redeemable. But then Jesus entered in and he said, the old is passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus didn't die to make you a better person. He died to make you a new person. And so one of the outworkings of this initiative, one of the things we felt like God instruct us to do is actually to meditate on the scripture. And the, the word for meditate in the Bible, what, is, what does it mean to meditate? You know, maybe you, you hear the word meditate, maybe you think of like some like dude with a long mustache, even longer than mine. And he's kind of like sitting in a cross, you know, like cross-legged and he's got like these things and he's going, um, right? And he's just like, and you know, Eastern meditation is a lot about emptying yourself, right? I wanna be empty, I wanna be empty, I wanna be empty, I wanna be empty. But biblical meditation is actually the opposite. It's about filling yourself with something, actually filling yourself with someone. And that someone is Jesus. And so the word for meditation in Hebrew is actually, it actually means to moan or to like mull over or to actually like say or whisper in a hushed voice. And we would use actually the same, um, the same word for meditation in Hebrew, we would use and actually it would mean to memorize. And so as a community, one of the outworkings that we feel like God is asking us to do over the course of the season is actually to repeat and to say aloud certain scriptures that affirm our identity as believers in Christ. And then we're believing that as we say these scriptures out loud, that we are meditating on them. We're saying them over and over, sometimes a hushed voice, sometimes out loud. But our hope is that, man, as we say these consistently throughout the course of these months and the course of this year, that these scriptures are actually gonna get in our hearts and we're actually gonna be able to memorize them and have them. And when the enemy comes to attack our identity, we have something in our heart to actually combat him with, right? And so, and then the other thing that we feel like God's asked us to do is actually to create declarations of our identity that are based off of those scriptures that we're meditating on. And so this, so month by month, this is November, we're starting it today. If this is your first time, welcome to the party. You're, this is a great time, right? You couldn't have come at a better time. We're ready and we're going, we're going deep. And uh, so th this month, we're gonna be focusing on a specific part of our identity in Christ. But in December, we'll focus on another part of our identity in Christ. And in January, we'll go to another part. And so over the course of these next 11 months, we'll zero in on 11 different parts of our identity in Christ and also have these verses committed to our hearts, committed to memory. And I just believe that the power of God in the word will change our life as we continually meditate on these scriptures, all right? So today, November, the, the specific identity piece that we feel like God's asked us to go after is that we are his children. We are his sons and daughters. And so we're gonna start off by reading our scripture verse and the scripture that we're gonna be resting in for this entire month is Romans 8, verse 15 through 17. And it's gonna come up on the screen here and so if you're able, I would uh, love you to stand with me as we all read this scripture out loud together, all right? 
Okay, I'm gonna start and then you can, I'm not, this isn't a repeat after me. This is like, we're all gonna read this all together, okay? All right, here we go. Romans 8, 15 through 17. Ready? Three, two, one. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. All right, you can stay standing and we're gonna go for our declaration that is based off of that verse. Ready? Three, two, one. Thank you, Father, that I did not receive a spirit of slavery that makes me fall back into fear. I have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters. Therefore, I refuse to fear. My Father has given me his spirit. By that spirit, I cry, Abba, Father. My Father is the King, and I am his child. Therefore, I am an heir of God and a fellow heir with Christ. Everything God has is available to me. I walk through persecution joyfully, knowing that if I suffer with Christ, I will also be glorified with him. I am a child of God, and it is my great joy to be loved by him. Woo, come on. Very good. You guys may have a seat. So in the future weeks, in future weeks at Access, you know how we have the host that kind of welcomes everybody to the service, right? And they pray and kind of kick off worship. How they're going to start off the service from this point forward is they're actually going to lead us through that declaration that we make. So we're going to make that declaration as we enter into worship, right? That's going to be like the first thing. We're all going to say, we're all unified. We all make this declaration. This is who we are in Jesus. And now we get to praise him because of it. Yeah. And then after service, after, after I'm done preaching, announcements are going to come up, right? And they'll give the announcements. But the way that we will close service is by reading the scripture verse that God's asked us to meditate on. We just felt like God was saying over this community that he wants to have the final word. He wants to have the final word. And we're gonna let his word be the last word. So before we break into community groups in the future weeks, uh, our host will come up and they will lead us through the, the reading of that scripture. But did anybody else feel just like that? Oh man, it just kind of felt electric when we were saying that all together. Did anybody else feel that? Raise your hand. Yeah, that was good. Come on. That's so, so good. Awesome. So this month we're focusing on we are his children. We're his children. So what does that mean? That means that God is our father. And this is where I want us to go tonight. So in a world where there's so many different identities, so many different people that are, that are trying to tell you who you are and tell you who you're not, how do we know which is true and which is not? How do we discover our identity? This, this is the question that a lot of us as young adults are trying to figure out. How do I, where do I look in order to find identity? 
God actually laid out a pattern in his word to tell us where we should find our identity. And this pattern starts all the way back in Genesis 2. But the, the key thing that we're going to see over these next couple verses is that the father's voice has always defined. The father's voice was always meant to define the children. And so even in like a familial sense, like my dad, like God actually planned for my dad to speak into my life, my earthly dad to speak into my life and to establish a sense of identity in me. And we see this mandate actually given to Adam in Genesis 2 verse 19. In Genesis 2 verse 19, it says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So you see from the very beginning, God gave the male figure, the father figure, the father of all of us. Like he was the first being, everyone on the entire planet came to him. He gave and entrusted that father figure with the words in order to establish a sense of identity in his children. And it didn't just apply to the animals like here in Genesis 2, 19, but in Genesis 3, verse 20, we see that this actually applied to Adam's wife. Genesis 3, verse 20, it says, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living things. And so we see that the father's voice was always meant to define. It was always meant to establish a sense of identity. And we see this played out even in the New Testament. And there's this story in the New Testament where in Luke 1, verse 59 through 63, there's this man and his name is Zacharias. And Zacharias has a wife and this, his wife's name was Elizabeth. Now here's the thing, Elizabeth wasn't able to have children. She was barren. But God spoke to Zacharias while he was having an encounter with the Lord. And he said to him, I am going to miraculously and supernaturally give Elizabeth the power to have a son and you will call his name John, okay? Now, Zachariah, Zacharias, he, he didn't actually believe it. He was like, <laughs> I don't know. He might've been like, God, have you seen how old my wife is? <laughs> like, there's no way, like, I, I don't, you know, you're God, but like, it doesn't usually work like that. You know, like, I don't know. And just all these different stuff. Like he was just filled with unbelief. He was like, there's no way this is going to happen. Like, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, she's past that, the age of being able to have children. And because of his unbelief, God actually made him mute until his son would be born. So for that nine month period, he was actually, he was not able to talk. Zacharias was. And there there's a few different, um, there's a few different um, postulations. There's a few different guesses as to why God silenced his mouth. But I believe that one of them was because his voice actually had the power to determine what would happen to his son. And God didn't want the voice of unbelief being spoken over, his, over this anointed man of God, John, who would eventually be John the Baptist, right? But even in this story, so the, the, his wife does get pregnant after that moment. She carries the baby all the way. She delivers the baby. The baby is born. Zacharias is still mute. 
eight days later, they bring the baby to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord. And, and at that moment, they're charged with giving the child its name. And they ask Elizabeth, because obviously Zacharias can't talk, right? And they ask Elizabeth. And this is where we pick up in the story in Luke 1, verse 59 through 63. It says, so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him the name of his father, Zacharias. So that was their intent. Like, I'm gonna call his name Zacharias after Zacharias. Like, that just kind of makes sense. And they would have named him that. But his mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. But they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John, so that all marveled. And it's funny in this story, the, the follow-up, the conclusion to the story is right after Zacharias wrote, his name is John, his mouth opened up again and he was able to talk. Right after he was in alignment and in agreement with what God had spoken to his life, the thing that was stopped up in him began to flow freely. Yeah? And so I think this is really, really unique. This story is really, really unique. One is that God spoke a certain identity over the child. But this identity that he spoke didn't make sense to the people that were around them. And I think this resonates with us as young adults in this room. The identity that God gives us as his children, it might not make sense to you. Did you know that God in his Bible, he calls you pure and undefiled? Did you know that God, your father, he calls you holy and worthy of love? Now, we, we hear those things, but some of you, even right now, Maybe these thoughts are going through your head, but Jared, you don't know about this, but this happened to me when I was young, but I made this mistake when, when I was just a few weeks ago. God, how can you say that? It doesn't make sense to you in your head, but it doesn't mean it's any less from the father. And the more that we will accept and take his identity to the bank and let it come into our heart, the more that it will affect our life. And so we see from this, sto this story that this story that the father's voice has always defined and the father role, the father figure was always meant to be the one who gave a sense of identity. Now, as I'm saying this, I recognize that some of us in the room probably not had the most ideal father. And maybe the identity that you would have received from your father shouldn't really be taken to heart. Maybe they didn't speak words of life over you. And maybe he did speak words that of death. And I just want to say to you, I'm really sorry that that happened. That was not the way that God intended for you to be fathered. But some, some of us, maybe we've had good dads and dad, dads that have spoken life and spoken encouragement to us. But here's the thing, I have good news. Whether you had the best dad in the world or whether you had the worst dad in the world, there's a new father. And here's the amazing thing about the gospel is when we give our lives to Jesus, we actually get a new father. 
when, how, why, you might ask. You receive a new father when you become born again. Now listen, Jesus, for the first time in all of history, begins to peel back the father's intention and the father's plan for all of humanity. It wasn't just to come down and create servants that would be loyal to him and do the things that please him. It was actually the father's intention from the very beginning for Jesus to go as a first fruits that he through his death and burial and resurrection would be a seed planted in the ground that would grow up and bring thousands and millions and billions of sons and daughters to their father, God. And Jesus, when he's talking with Nicodemus in John chapter three, he talks about this topic of being born again. And Jesus answered Nicodemus. This is what it says in John three, verse three. Jesus answered Nicodemus and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus, when he was hearing this, maybe if some of us who are in this room being born again, he asked this question, how in the world am I gonna be born again? Surely, surely you're not asking me to like climb into my, like what, how am I, my mom, she can't, she can't bear me twice. I'm just gonna say this. She barely got me out the first time. I don't know what's gonna happen, you know? And Jesus is, Jesus is saying, he feels that confusion from Nicodemus. And he says, he responds to him in John 3, verse five through six. It says, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. We all know men, when, a, when a, a woman is at full term and she's about ready to give her baby, one of the telltale signs is her water breaks, right? And so also we were born one time by the water and we were born into this world as human beings. But God is actually inviting us to be born again. And it's not a physical birth. We might not look different when we give our life to Jesus. We get born again, right? But our spirit on the inside becomes brand new. We get born for a second time. We get born again. Now, here's the thing. In the first birth, us physically, we had an earthly father. And that earthly father had authority over us to speak into our life, our identity. But when we give our life to Jesus, who has the authority to speak over our life? This is what it says in John 1, verse 12 through 13. It says, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. For those of us who follow Jesus, who have said yes to Jesus, we have been born again and we have a new father. And this new father seeks to speak identity and life and calling and purpose and destiny over your life. And this is where we are going over the course of this year. 
we are going to discover the beauty, the heights, the depths, the wits of this great identity that Jesus has purchased for us. This great identity that we will get to receive from the Father. And he, and. While we may have had fathers who have maybe said that we have been screw-ups, God, your heavenly father, says that you are his masterpiece. While people and maybe fathers have said that you're worthless, that you're never gonna amount amount to much, Jesus says that you are worthy and that you will carry out great exploits for him and his kingdom. People and maybe your father has said that you are unlovable or hard to love, but your heavenly father says that he himself loves you. And people or your fathers may have said that you are unqualified and don't have what it takes. But your father says that he has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. So let's let our father define us this year, yeah? Amen. Maybe as I've been speaking tonight, you've been sitting here, And if you're honest with yourself, you don't really have a connection with Jesus in the first place. And as I'm talking about this, this opportunity to be born again, you've been born one time into this physical body, but this second birth, this new birth, this born again is one of the spirit. And if it's, this is you tonight and you're saying to me, you're saying, I am not right with God. And I want this new father. I want to be welcomed into his family. I want to accept his word and his way of how to live my life. I want to give you that opportunity tonight. When Jesus died and rose again, when he died on the cross, it was public. It was public. He hung on that cross and with his final breath, he said in front of everyone who would see, I love you. And so also, when we give our life and when we make this commitment to Jesus, we get to do it publicly. And in front of everybody in this room, we get to say, I love you. And so, with everyone's eyes open. If that's you tonight, you're saying, I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. I'm gonna invite you to stand up on the count of three and declare your love for Jesus, to say, I'm done with my old life and wanna follow this new way with my father. One, two, three, stand up. Anybody in the room? Not right. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Wow. Come on. Amazing. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You guys, you just stood up. Look at me a second. You just made the best decision that you've ever made in your entire life. And before we before we um, enter into uh, this, this relationship with Jesus, I wanna just encourage you with a few things, is that God loves you. His hand is on you. 
He's not disappointed in you, but his love and his affection is all for you. So would everybody repeat this prayer after me? We say this prayer to basically begin our relationship with Jesus. We're making a verbal commitment to Jesus to say that I am yours and I'm beginning a relationship with you. Would everybody join our new sisters in Christ and anybody else who prayed with us in the back that I couldn't see, but we'll join with our new sisters to say like, we're in the family, let's go. (laughs) All right, you can repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you died and rose again, defeating death, sin, and the devil. And right now, I give you all of my heart. I give you all of my life. I'm never going back. Today, I make Jesus the Lord, the master, the boss of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up and help me to walk like Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Come on. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Come on, this is so, so good. I just like even just feel specifically, I, you know, this isn't terribly normal, but uh, what, what was your name? I'm so sorry. What was your name? Adriana. I just felt like as you were kind of standing up, I just felt the Lord say um, in, in his, from him, but in my heart, I heard him say that you are a warrior for him in his kingdom. And I just feel like the Lord is moving on your heart and your life right now that actually God's gonna use your prayers that you pray in the secret place to affect nations of the world. Um, and I just feel so much. Would, would somebody lay, you wanna lay your hand on her as I just pray for her? God, I just thank you for Adriana right now. Lord, I thank you so much, Jesus, that you have not forgotten her, Lord. Jesus, moments, Lord God, where she thought that nobody cared, that nobody saw her, Lord. You were there and you saw her, Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, that today is the day when the enemy's plans are destroyed and Jesus's plans are taken up. Enemy, you thought you had her, but now Jesus, in with Jesus. We thank you, Father God, and no one can take you out of your hand. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And then what was your name? Olivia. Olivia, as I was just, as you stood up and as you were praying, I just saw this picture of you. And this picture, you were standing and you were walking. And as, as you walked, you like, there was footprints behind you. And I saw like this whole host of like little young girls and they all just jumped into each of your footprints behind you. And I just feel like the Lord is saying over you right now that you are going to be a mother to a lot, many, many young girls and that God is gonna use your life to affect the younger generation for him and his kingdom. And you're actually gonna show them how to walk in step with Jesus. So would somebody, maybe Marsha, you want to turn around and lay your hand on her and then we'll pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Olivia right now. Lord, I thank you, God, that your hand is on her, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that she doesn't need to be, Lord God, that you have given her everything she needs. Lord, you've anointed her to do the job that you've called her to do. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would fall on her life, that you would equip and stir up gifts and abilities inside of her, that you would open up divine connections 
directions, Lord God, in Jesus' name. I even just feel, Olivia, just as I'm saying this, and you can let me know if this resonates or if it comes to true in the weeks to come, but I just feel like the Lord is actually gonna bring in a connection even this week that's gonna change your career path a little bit. And just like the Lord is say, telling you beforehand so that you, you're you prepared and ready when it comes. So Lord, I just thank you so much for Olivia. I bless her. Lord, and I bless your work on her life. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Come on, y'all. God is good. He is in the business of saving, redeeming, and bringing people back to him, all right? Who's excited? I'm, I'm jacked as we go into this, yeah? Can I get a hallelujah? Come on. All right. Thank you, guys. Let's go.